one of the worst things was just walking up a flight of stairs and getting to the top of the stairs and feeling puffed. Like a lot of people, I consider it was possibly as I was getting older and didn't really think nothing of it at that particular time. That's Ron, speaking about the first signs of the pulmonary fibrosis he noticed. He's 60 years old and lives with a rare lung condition called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Welcome to Season 2 of Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis, a podcast by Burringer Ingelheim. I'm Louis, and I'll be joining some extraordinary people affected by this rare condition as they take us along the unique path to diagnosis and beyond. Let me introduce you to two specialists in the field who can give us more information about this group of rare lung disorders that you may not have heard about. My name is Leticia Kawano Dorado. I am a pulmonologist specialized in interstitial lung disease from the University of Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm Anna Hoffmann-Wold. I'm a rheumatologist from the Oslo University Hospital in Oslo, Norway. Um, I'm currently the head of systemic sclerosis research and the systemic sclerosis outpatient clinic at uh, my hospital. It's firstly important to understand that pulmonary fibrosis isn't a disease itself, but a condition that can manifest itself in various underlying diseases. Rheumatologist Anna Hoffman-Vold explains this further. Pulmonary fibrosis really encompasses a large group of parenchymal lung disorders. And when we talk about underlying diseases, I, of course, want to mention autoimmune rheumatic diseases. And here, especially systemic sclerosis, myositis, mixed connective tissue diseases, Sjogren's disease, but also rheumatoid arthritis, are all underlying diseases which can um, have pulmonary fibrosis as a complication. Pulmonologist Letitia Kawano Dorado explains how pulmonary fibrosis affects the body and what signs and symptoms people would notice. Pulmonary fibrosis is a condition where the lungs become scared over time. When fibrosis develops, the tiny air sacs in the lungs, the alveoli, they become damaged and increasingly thickened. This process makes it difficult for oxygen to get into the blood. So the typical ways by which pulmonary fibrosis shows up to a patient, they're usually manifested in the shortness of breath, a dry cough, Sometimes the patient may notice a bluish colored lip, tongue, or extremities. And more rarely, the patient can also note some um, puffy, like round, swollen fingertips, like a drumstick. So those are the signs and symptoms most commonly noted by patients with pulmonary fibrosis. However... Many people may not display such clear symptoms, which can be misdiagnosed, as both experts agree. Pulmonary fibrosis um, can really show its face in different ways. Patients may complain about fatigue, reduced exercise capacity. Of course, more specific lung um, symptoms such as dyspnea or cough may accompany a pulmonary fibrosis. So the specter is really large. The tricky 
thing about identifying pulmonary fibrosis is that symptoms and signs are quite non-specific, such as shortness of breath or an exertion or a dry cough that doesn't go away. So not infrequently, symptoms of pulmonary fibrosis are usually mistaken by asthma, COPD, heart failure, or even deconditioning from normal aging. Let's hear more from Ron about how his journey with pulmonary fibrosis started. The changes I was beginning to notice was I was coughing a lot in the mornings. I first noticed when things changed, it was about 2011, and I went to my doctors and carried out an x-ray and uh, my chest x-rays come back fine. I then went again in 2012, chest x-rays come back fine. I then met Maxine. And she sent me to her doctors in 2013, where he referred me to the local hospital for tests on why I was coughing and, and getting out of breath walking upstairs. Ron is referring to Maxine, his wife, who remembers those days vividly. Originally, when Ron first started to show symptoms, um, I noticed that he was coughing a lot. I think the cough was the first thing. If you cough for so many weeks, you should get it checked. So I was anxious about the cough and I noticed that he got breathless, which didn't seem appropriate for his age. So I just thought that he should get it all checked out. Maxine felt something was wrong and that Ron should be more proactive in seeking advice from his doctor. Maxine explains further. Ron was, he was with the cough and quite, accepting of it and didn't really realize that it could indicate that there was something more serious in the back of my head I was thinking I'm worried about this I actively asked him to go to the doctors and get it checked out and when it was sort of given inhalers and things weren't working I was the one who was saying you need to keep going back you need to keep getting this checked Pulmonary fibrosis can appear in many different ways, showing up in people with different conditions and different stages of life. Meet Edith. My name is Edith Brown and I live in the UK. I'm retired from teaching. I live with a condition called systemic sclerosis, um, which I had never heard of before I was diagnosed. And I also have asthma and bronchiectasis. So my main problems are always my lungs. I was pretty healthy until um, about 20 years ago. In fact, I was very healthy. I used to do a lot of sport, um, particularly cycling and swimming and and skiing and all of those sorts of things. And um, I then developed breathing problems and my my GP thought I had asthma. Well, diagnosed me with asthma. And then I started noticing other things going wrong and my breathing problems became worse. I went back to my GP and he noticed my hands were blue. I had Raynaud's, which I had not taken very seriously. Raynaud's may be another term you might not have heard of before. Rheumatologist Anna Hoffman-Vold explains. Raynaud's phenomenon is um, a decoloration of the fingers. It's very typically a three-phase color changes from being red, blue to white. And uh, Raynaud's phenomenon is um, rather prevalent in the populations. However, Raynaud's is also very typical for rheumatic disease patients once it develops later on in midlife or if it worsens over the ages uh, in patients. 
back to Edith's journey. So I ignored the rain nose to begin with. And when my GP spotted it, I, I, I really, I wasn't taking it very seriously at all. Um, all I was focused on was my breathing. I knew I had a problem breathing and I'd never had a problem breathing when I was younger. For Edith, pulmonary fibrosis developed when she was nearing retirement, but it can also strike much earlier. Imagine you have just started a family and then you start to notice symptoms. This was the case for Melissa. My name is Melissa. I'm from uh, Ontario, Canada. I have pulmonary fibrosis, so specifically I have chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis, um, which is a sort of type of allergic reaction that they think was caused by mold in our old house. And I'm married, I have four kids, and that's what keeps me busy most of the time. I first started having symptoms probably about 12 years ago. I had a little bit of a cough and a little bit of shortness of breath. Um, I mentioned it to my doctor at the time, um, but I was also pregnant with twins. And he said, you know, that's normal when you're pregnant to be short of breath. And in my head, I kind of thought that's this shortness of breath feels not normal. And this cough that I have doesn't feel normal. And then this sort of went on for um, another couple of years. I had periods where I had more symptoms. I was more short of breath, more of a cough. Um, and then other periods where I was relatively okay. So it, it took about two years from when I first started having symptoms until I started to get a diagnosis. I had never even heard of pulmonary fibrosis before I was diagnosed, and I'm actually a nurse, and I had never heard of it. The changes Melissa noticed were subtle and over an extended period of time, meaning she didn't take them as seriously. For me, it actually really wasn't sudden changes, and that was maybe part of the problem. Um, it was very gradual. You know, if I would have woke up one day with the symptoms that I had when I was finally diagnosed, I would have gone to the ER. But because it happened so gradually, it was easy to kind of dismiss those symptoms and, oh, I'm just out of shape or I'm pregnant and that's why I'm short of breath. I think for a lot of people that have pulmonary fibrosis, um, it can take a while to get a diagnosis because the symptoms are sort of general. There's lots of things that cause shortness of breath. It's hard to kind of pinpoint and especially because pulmonary fibrosis is rare. The powers of self-deception are, are, are very strong and um, I kind of just kept dismissing the symptoms. I was in my 20s at the time that I was diagnosed. So it's sort of the furthest thing from your mind that you have this potentially life-altering um, disease going on, uh, going on in your body. We've already heard about the signs of pulmonary fibrosis, but the progression of the condition can vary greatly from person to person. Pulmonologist Letitia Kawano Dorado explains. Pulmonary fibrosis may have different disease trajectories, varying from a stable disease for years to a disease that rapidly progresses unrelently. In between these two extremes, there are cases that progress slowly through periods of stability alternating with progression. Rheumatologist Anna Hoffman-Vold also highlights that the underlying disease itself can drastically alter the path that people with pulmonary fibrosis might be on. It often depends on which underlying disease the patient has. In rheumatoid arthritis, we see mostly rapidly progressive patients which lose lung function rather quickly, which may look like an idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. However, in systemic sclerosis, we also have many patients who are stable over a long time. 
So this again highlights also the role of a rheumatologist to really make the correct underlying diagnosis to be able to predict also the disease course over time and knowing the severity of pulmonary fibrosis. When speaking about the severity of pulmonary fibrosis, this might not only mean a steady decline in lung function over time, but can sadly be life-threatening, which was the case for Liam's family. My name is Liam Galvin. Um, I'm a former carer. Uh, my wife had IPF, um, was diagnosed in 2012 and passed away in 2014. Uh, prior to that, I had become involved with the Irish Lung Fibrosis Association because my brother-in-law, uh, my wife's brother, was diagnosed in 2009 with IPF as well. So since then, I've been involved with the ILFA, the Irish Lung Fibrosis Association, and also became a co-founder of the European IPF Federation. My wife had noticed her symptoms in November before she was diagnosed in February. Whilst on holiday in Prague, we discovered that like, um, she found it hard to walk up the hills. Uh, long walks were breathless, caused breathlessness in her, um, and she felt tired. But we put that down to the winter weather and um, it wasn't until after Christmas that we actually uh, decided that we, we would investigate further, mainly because we already had a family history of IPF. But the, certainly the first uh, signs was breathlessness upon exertion. IPF, or idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, is a type of pulmonary fibrosis in which the cause of the disease is unknown, where no other underlying disease can be defined. Liam explains why those with IPF find it particularly difficult to get a correct diagnosis. Most people who are diagnosed with IPF uh, tend to be older. So when they first see the signs of uh, the symptoms, they immediately think that it might just be old age. Um, they may go to their doctor thinking it might be a common respiratory problem like a chest infection or a flu. What often happens is that there's repeat visits to a general practitioner until finally the general practitioner might decide maybe it's best to refer to a, a specialist centre just for a chest x-ray or HRCT. HRCT stands for High Resolution Computed Tomography and is an examination technology used to get images from within the lungs. Getting an HRCT requires a referral to a specialist from a primary care doctor. This is important, but might take some time as first symptoms are not always a clear indication of a pulmonary fibrosis-related condition. The problem with a complex series of diseases is that it can take some time for diagnosis. The diagnosis of IPF or RAILD um, or any other form of pulmonary fibrosis is often masked by comorbidities. Most of the people would be slightly older, so they might have uh, other diseases or health problems or mobility issues that mask the, the signs and symptoms of, of pulmonary fibrosis. For many, it can be a very long road, as it was for Melissa. It was definitely a hide-and-seek game for the first, uh, for the first couple of years. I think I probably went to my doctor probably 20 times before I was actually diagnosed. Though for Ron, it was very smooth. The process being referred from my primary care doctor to the specialist, I've got to admit, was excellent. The primary care doctor, when he diagnosed me with some form of pulmonary fibrosis, 
I always remember his words that have stuck with me. I won't treat you wrong because I can make your condition worse. I will pass you on to the specialist. And that's really where my journey began. All of them agree that noticing changes should be investigated and those with symptoms need to take an active role in seeking answers. So I think you have to, if you think there's something wrong, you really have to kind of advocate for yourself. If they're experiencing the same symptoms as me, then they should definitely, definitely go to their local GP or health centres and pursue and don't take no for an answer. When your chest x-rays come back clear and you're still feeling out of breath and you're still coughing in the morning and it's gone on for a considerable time, you need to pursue those symptoms. It's not known very well in general practitioners. It's not well known in community nurses and pharmacies and other sort of healthcare professionals. I think the, the, the very important message I would give to anybody with any sort of strange symptoms is try and get referred to a specialist. That is absolutely vital. And it's also vital to involve a loved one from the beginning, as they will play a pivotal role in supporting the patient throughout their journey. To be involved from the beginning means that you're on the journey from the beginning and you understand it straight away instead of having it relayed to you because patients don't always remember what the doctors say to them. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis podcast. Listen out for our next episode when we'll be joined by our courageous guests again to explore the journey to diagnosis. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, please reach out to hello at boehringer-ingelheim.com.